Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. We are less than 24 hours away from the biggest day of the NFL calendar year, and that is the schedule release. Welcome into Finsider Radio. I can even say that with a straight face. This is the Jake and Josh Show. Welcome in. Thank you for joining us. Joshua House is joining me on this podcast as usual, and before we get into the drama surrounding the schedule, Josh, I got to ask you, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, Jake. Like I told you, I got my second shot, so um, I'm fully vaccinated, man. And, you know, I'm just excited because, like you said, uh, we joke, but people do get excited about primetime games, and they definitely get excited about these rivalries. So I'm doing good, man. How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, it's a unique time of the year. As I said, I was uh, out covering a, a softball game earlier today, and at the same time as the sun was shining, it was raining sideways. So uh, it's just it's just been that kind of year, and uh, it's good to have some football news to talk about. Uh, just a scheduling note before we get into talking about the uh, the NFL schedule, specifically the Dolphins schedule. Um, I want to throw out that our next show will be focused on Jalen Waddle. Uh, it's my fault we pushed that back a couple times, but we will get into that. But Josh, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I don't think anyone really they'll care when they see it, but I don't think it, it, deep down anybody really cares about what the schedule for the 2021 season looks like. Obviously, you want your team to have as many primetime games as possible but in terms of going through the list and being like yeah they're going to go on a three-game winning streak here and uh lose these three games it's a little ridiculous you know that's that's going a little too far uh but with that said i can guarantee both you and i will be tweeting out the dolphins are going 16 and 0 as soon as we see their schedule because that's just going to be the way it's set up check that 17 and 0 see i'm already i'm already jazzed though about the schedule i don't even know how many games are on it yeah, man, it's definitely 17-0 this season, but you're right. I mean, these things are almost as pointless as, you know, mock drafts and things <laughs> like that that we eat up. So um, you're right. As soon as the schedule releases, you know, everyone's going to have their way-too-early predictions and have the Dolphins going, whatever it may be. But um, I don't think the date truly matters, but these opponents do matter. And if we have the names. Let's talk about these matchups. Yeah, and, and you know, that that's why it's key here to, to keep on listening because while, you know, the dates don't matter, we do have some interesting stuff here to share with you guys uh, along with our, you know, usual banter. So let's, let's start here, Josh. The Dolphins have one of the easiest strengths of schedule, and, you know, we just said it, teams – Teams don't really fit the bill of what they were last year. You know, there's so much changes in a roster. You know, you have the draft, you have free agency, where you can't really lean on this stuff too much. But without, with that being said, the Dolphins do have one of the easiest strengths of schedule. And they're actually tied with the Broncos with a uh, opponent uh, winning percentage under 50%. 
Uh, and I got to say, I mean, it feels like the Dolphins and Broncos really are starting to get attached in, in a lot of different things that seems to be coming up. Uh, but what's really skewing the Dolphins' uh, schedule to make it seem so easy, quote-unquote, uh, is because the Dolphins play the Jets twice. You know, they had the second pick in the NFL draft. They play the, play the Falcons this year, who had the fourth pick in the NFL draft. The Texans, who had the... No, no, they didn't have any picks. And the Jaguars, who picked first overall. So that really kind of... Uh, like I said, skews what we're really focusing on here when we're looking at the draft, because I think it's safe to say um, the Falcons aren't going to be the fourth worst team in the NFL. Again, the Texans are, they're going to be pretty bad, but the Jags could be flirting with, um, you know, some sort of competitiveness based on how things fall there. And the Jets, uh, let's just hope they're the normal dumpster fire here. Uh the Dolphins, in terms of their trajectory, are past that stage, right, of the, the growing pains. I mean, we're at the point here when we go into this 2021 season, there really shouldn't be a lot of excuses for this roster in terms of chemistry or not knowing systems and things like that, right? I mean, we shouldn't right away have the upper hand over those teams I just mentioned for the sake of being the third year in Brian Flores' system, being a third draft for him and Chris Greer to have to really put this roster together. Am I kind of reaching here? Or does that make sense? I mean, you certainly hope that's the case, but like we see every year, you know, this is the NFL, and I think that is why you look at the strength of the right. schedule, and, you know, you say here and say the Dolphins have an easy one, but we know darn well, you know, it's not going to turn out this way. You mentioned those teams right there. The Jets, let's pray, you know, this thing turns into the Mark Sanchez, and things just kind of tumble the way they have out of control these last few years, but it seems like they got the right head coach there. They seem to have their franchise quarterback, you know, quote-unquote by their standards, so Let's see how that plays out. I mean, the Falcons alone with Kyle Pitts is going to be a completely different team. And the right. Texans, who knows what's going to happen there. So, um, you know. Oh, no, we know. No, 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 no. We know, we know what's going to happen there. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, I guess we don't know. Anything could happen with the Texans. And, you know, the Broncos, you talk about their easy schedule. They, they're on the uh, – they're being rumored to go after Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, there's still some moves that are going to change these things. But um, it's interesting. And I think your best thing here and one of the – Things that you have noted here. It's the first time that there's a 17-game season in 42 years. So this is the first time that this has happened in, you know, both of our life schedule. And Jake, I don't know if you heard the rumor, but it came from The Athletic. Josh, I'm just going to call him Josh T because I'll probably butcher his last name, Torrentino. He came out and he said, you know, there it could be that the Dolphins are that team that's playing the Jacksonville Jaguars over there in London. We know they were supposed to play um, last season. So that's exciting, Jake. And that could be one of those primetime games that you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Tua Tungvaloa, and those are the those two premier quarterbacks that we continue to hear about over the last two seasons. So, um, you know, lots of different matchups here to get excited about. And ultimately, you know, like you said, it is supposed to be an easy schedule, but we'll see how it ultimately shapes out. I remember when I wrote my first story for the Finsider about there being a 17-game season, um, I was kind of going through a list about how, you know, bad, quote-unquote, this uh, schedule could be for the Dolphins in the idea of the original rumor was the New York Giants game that was added as that 17th game. That was supposed to be in New York originally. Um, I don't know what changed or if, you know, there was this bad information going around two, three months ago. Who would have thought that somebody who's trying to be first instead of right would, would send out false information? But here we are. So you have the Giants game. I, I was thinking right away that, you know, you're playing 17 games, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, classic Dolphins, you know, getting kind of screwed here where you're playing more road games than home. And then to build on that, you know, you mentioned that game in London. And originally, too, I thought that was leaning towards being a Dolphins home game. And Steven Ross would be completely okay with that for the sake of, you know, they, they want to get the Super Bowl in Miami. That's just such a huge way to make money that uh, Steven Ross has no problem making his team uh, travel a little bit if it means they'll have a better shot at hosting a Super Bowl. 
so when I heard that, all of a sudden it was looking like the Dolphins were going to have seven home games, official quote-unquote home games, and ten road games. On top of that, I think I think the Dolphins and Patriots isn't there something about Mexico this year, Josh, or am I just completely going off the rail now? I think there is something about Mexico, but I, I mean, I wish we knew the full details about it. Because I, mean, I, I think the Dolphins were actually supposed to play a game in Mexico, I think against the Patriots this year, I think, too, that, I think is what I heard. That was rumored. It was it was rumored, but again, I mean, you see, I think it was actually a Fox Sports, like, official account that tweeted that out, but again, it's all rumors, and I don't know if anything ever truly came of that. So that would have been, if that was the case, there was a chance that the Dolphins could technically be playing six home games and 11 road games, Josh. That would be absolutely insane. But it's all those ifs and buts don't matter because I genuinely can't believe the Dolphins aren't being screwed with this schedule, right? I think that these are the things we should really take away instead of, you know, uh, the different matchups because, you know, playing nine home games compared to the, uh, you know, eight road games is very important. You know, playing in that sun down in Miami, you saw what it did to San Francisco, right? You saw what it did uh, when, when Jimmy Garoppolo had one bad turnover and how things just really spiraled out of control in that Miami heat. The same thing was true against the Rams, you know, the, the playing in Miami has that really, really special home field advantage. So I'm just going to run through it real quick. Miami's home games are going to be, you know, the, the big three, Bills, Patriots, Jets, and then the Falcons, Ravens, Panthers, Texans, Colts, and Giants. Uh, they'll be going on the road to the big three along with the Jags, which, as we're hearing, that game uh, might possibly be in London, depending on how uh, the COVID-19 uh, situation is doing over there. Uh, along with the Raiders, Saints, Buccaneers, and Tennessee Titans. Josh, you mentioned the Jaguars game for the sake of the quarterback matchup, and I think that's probably the safest way to get excited about any of these games in, in you know the middle of May is looking at those quarterback matchups. So are there any really uh, big games that stick out to you other than the fact that you know, Tua's going to smoke Tom Brady and the Buccaneers? It's funny you bring that one up because that was the one I was looking at. But I do have to, I have to, have to go back to our the Mexico City report and it uh, in that same report from the Athletic about their two home teams in London being the Jags and the Falcons. It did say that they would not be returning to Mexico City this year. So okay. it appears that those are the only two international games. As for the Dolphins, I mean, if we're not looking at rivalries, I mean, are, are we considering those? Because I cannot wait to just beat the living hell out of the Buffalo Bills. You know, I cannot wait for that. But I, I guess Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I talked about it. The last time we played them, I still remember that playoff game back in the Wildcat season. I was stuck at work. Mm -hmm. I was listening to it on a radio. It was all mumbled and crap. I have hated them ever since then. I started to like them once they got Lamar Jackson, but that's one of those teams that I really look forward to the Dolphins playing. So I guess besides Tom Brady, besides the division rivals, I'll go with the Baltimore Ravens. What about you, Jake? You know, the thing about that Ravens game is probably it being all mumbled and static. He probably made it sound better as a Dolphins fan. It did. I remember rushing home, too, to quick put it on, and oh, my God, it was already over, and I think they tried a wildcat play, and Pennington fumbled it. It was it was yep. so bad, and it just it, every playoff game I can remember recently has been that way. But, I but still I have um, the gray 2008 uh, AFC East Championship hat. No way. No it's way. floating around somewhere. Yeah, it was. it's Velcro on the was, back. Wasn't that the year uh, Feed the Wolf was their uh, their slogan? Remember that? I think so. I have a shirt that has Feed the Wolf on. I think it says Dolphins, like, 2010 or 2008, whatever it was. You want to feel really old? I was in eighth grade for that game. Jesus. <laughs> Not even a high school. I feel very old every time I come on here and talk to you, to be completely <laughs> honest. Um, two games that I, I'm really looking forward 
to are the Raiders. Uh, just because it seems like every time the Dolphins and Raiders play, it's a very good game. It's a very fun game. Lynn Bowden revenge game. Lynn Bowden revenge game, yes. Uh, you know, the return of Fitzmagic. We saw that last year. And then also, I mean, the Tennessee Titans. I think seeing Ryan Tannehill again, I think that's going to be pretty exciting. Um, I think that day might be a, a horrible day on Dolphins Twitter. Uh, but I, I think that could be a lot of fun, too. Uh, just that? kind of reuniting with those uh, old faces. How's that any different than most days on Dolphins Twitter? But I, I do have to ask, like, it, when Jalen Waddle, when, when Tannehill sees Jalen Waddle lining up at receiver wearing number seventeen, is that the Spider Man meme? Because that's all I kept thinking when I when I heard you. Like that, that's the literal Spider Man meme. We're, that's that's going to be the uh, picture with this oh, podcast. I'm Just, on it. All right, yeah, I'm on it. Locking it right now. Um, so, Josh, I do want to circle back to that game in London uh, real quick uh, because the Dolphins are one in three in their last uh, four trips to London. They lost 13 to 10 to the Giants back in 2007, uh, 27 to 14 to the Jets in 2015. I think Joe Philbin was fired after that game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think he was. And I think didn't the Raiders coach get fired after that one you're getting ready to talk about later in this 2014, I think. Yep. Uh, so 2014, the Dolphins beat the Raiders 38 to 14. Uh, that was... I, I, don't remember much about that game. I wish I looked it up, but I... Dennis Allen. I think Dennis Allen got fired because it was so funny during the coaching searches because I remember the Dolphins were like interested in him and everyone was just Dolphins turtles losing their mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a 20 to nothing loss to the Saints in, in 2017. And I think Matt Moore was actually the starting quarterback that game. It was a pouty Jay Cutler night. Um, and, and Josh, I have to say, when I looked at that 2017 um, schedule, it was... It was ugly. You know, I still have my Jay Cutler jersey and I wear it and I laugh about it. But I mean, there was nothing more frustrating than seeing Cutler go eight for 20 for 86 yards and, and just pouting on the sideline when you know he was capable of at least a little more than that. Yeah, man, he was just collecting a paycheck. But I mean, that's an iconic jersey to have. And I, if you're, if I'm not mistaken, you got signed by Big Cat, correct? Yep, yep, yep. Part of my takes, Big Cat, the biggest Jay Cutler stand in the world. It was great. Uh, he came. I got my graduate degree at Quinnipiac University, and and those guys came and were uh, recording an episode of Barstool Van Talk when that was a thing on ESPN, uh, and it was going to be you know focused at Quinnipiac. So that would have been really fun if that was published. Uh, but but that is that, Josh. Uh, do you have any thoughts on maybe going back to London? Is that panic you a little bit? Or, or are you ready to take a little break here and move on to uh, primetime games? Um, just the last closed book on London. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel, Jake, but it, it's definitely a relief that they're not going to be, you know, potentially taking a home game. And to know that, you know, you're looking at Dolphins website, it does have them listed as nine home games, eight away games. So I'm very happy. Um, you know, they're not going to be losing a home game. But as far as playing over there in London, you know, with the, the time difference and how that, uh, you know, Players have to get acclimated to that. I'd, I'd rather not see it if we're being completely honest. But, you know, I think I'm Jacksonville, are, are they not getting ready to move over there? I mean, I don't know what they're trying to do. but It certainly um, seems that way. And and to Jacksonville and Miami, I think those are probably two of the biggest fan bases in London. You know, yeah. you look at the stadium whenever they have a game over there. And honestly, I have to say, not a lot of people will agree with this. I like having one game starting at 9 a.m only because we're here on the East Coast. I like being able to wake up, you know, have my coffee, and see two random-ass teams that I don't care about playing just to kind of get the day going. I, I like that it gets gets the blood pumping, getting ready for 1 o'clock. Especially, I mean, for fantasy purposes, man. I just remember those games yeah. were so awesome. But, I mean, isn't that what West Coast, like, don't they wake up every Sunday probably feeling that way, like sipping on coffee? Like, <laughs> 
I'm so jealous. Yeah, you don't feel like a bum when you leave your pajama pants all day. <laughs> all day. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think, I mean, that was the first part of our podcast. Jake, you want to jump into an ad and we'll hop into the second part? Let's do it. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. So, Josh, I think the question of the hour here, and I think this is the, the most important thing, like you said, of the schedule release, is how will winning 10 games impact the amount of primetime games the Miami Dolphins have in 2021? That's, um, man, that's that's a million-dollar question, Jake. I mean, I think winning 10 games, Tua Tungvaluwa, you know, Brian Flores, just all the hype surrounding this team. And, you know, to be completely honest, what they did in the draft, I mean, you hear what people are saying. And people are so hyped about what the Dolphins are building. To me, I think we're going to see maybe three games. So I'm going to sit there and go out on a limb here. I don't know if that's what you're trying to pry out of me, you know, some kind of prediction. But I'm going to say the Dolphins have three games, primetime games. Obviously, one's a Thursday night, Jake. But, um you know, times are changing and we're going to get used to seeing more primetime games. And I can't wait. I just hope we don't see the same Dolphins because I don't know about you, Jake, but I remember waiting all damn day for these primetime games. Yep. Uh, the Saints one sticks out most. I think both teams were undefeated and the Dolphins just got annihilated on Monday night football. But, yep. you know, it just seems like every time there's a primetime game, we all end up with egg on our face. That That's kind of the frustrating part is is when you have to kind of stall for your team to play. And then you need to justify it to everyone else like, no, 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 guys. They're not that bad. Like and the Bills, like the Bills game in Week 17. Like I yeah. still don't know how to justify that performance. I can't. I can't. I, that's that's like I, I like to go back and especially for this podcast, but just because I enjoy football, I like to go back and, and watch games. I even watch losses because there's things to learn, things to take away. That Bills game, I ain't touching that. That is that's a one and done. I am never looking at the thing again. It's like when I was five years old, I saw Star Wars Episode One for the first time. Um, and when Quagon Jen died, hashtag spoilers, I literally ripped the, the, the video out of the VHS player. Yeah, I'm that old. And literally hucked it in the garbage. I'm like, nope, I'm never doing this again. How dare you kill Quagon? This is outrageous. So, so Josh, you mentioned the idea of, of three primetime games, and, and I think you're really on the right track there. I was trying to pro, uh, pry a prediction out of you there. Um, the Dolphins started the season 0-2 last year, and Jacksonville is riding Minshew Mania. I remember seeing, I think it was um, uh, Joe Thomas was on the NFL Network set, and, and they were all wearing Minshew Mania mustaches. 
And the best thing ever was after that game, and we got to post all the pictures of them wearing mustaches after they just lost to the 0-2 Dolphins. You know, everyone was talking about how Jacksonville found their guy in the fifth round, yada, yada, yada. And that's kind of the crux of, of the schedule, you know, predictions or, or this huge release they're doing because everything's a big uh, uh, show when it comes to the NFL. But to really compare uh, how many primetime games the Dolphins might have, I went to the last time the Dolphins made the playoffs, and that was 2016. Uh, they were 10 and six that year. The Dolphins were 10 and six last year. I still can't really wrap my head around the fact that the Dolphins were 10 and six. There was an extra team in the playoffs, and they still didn't make it. That to me is is, is still kind of wild, but you know it's neither here or there. But in 2017, the Dolphins had four primetime games after making the playoffs: Baltimore on Thursday night. You mentioned it. Carolina on Monday night. Basically a replay of the Baltimore game. New England on Monday night and uh, Oakland on Sunday night. The Dolphins lost three of those four games with a combined score of 132 to 72. My dad and I are thinking they're going to be about three to four primetime games. I think you're probably closer to right about being three, maybe a, a Thursday night and, and two Monday nights. I don't know if you'll really get them on a Sunday night game, even though I think if I had to choose which primetime game is my favorite i think i like sunday night the most yeah i'm with you and is that carolina game is that the one where ricky williams broke off that long touchdown is that the same game or i am i in a completely different year i, I might be you're yeah you're uh this is 2016 that i'm talking or 2017 i'm talking about jesus god <laughs> yeah but I, I mean i think you and your dad are on the right trajectory there i mean three or four i think you know you're adding another game i, I think to me jake the biggest thing is and i know we're going to jump right into this but what are your predictions for this because um, you know, I, I keep saying 10 and seven and the Dolphins make the playoffs because like you said, they went 10 and six last year and somehow did not make the playoffs. And the only way, the only explanation I truly have for that is that's just so Dolphins, isn't it? I mean, is there any other team yep. in the NFL that, you know, has been, I mean, we just have shitty luck and maybe it's just cause we're Dolphin fans, but I truly feel that way and things are starting to turn around. So, um, I'm going to go with a 10 and seven record this year and they're going to make the playoffs, but I sure hope they win more than 10 games because, um, you know, that prediction came before this draft. And I think the dolphins with what they did with those players that they brought in, that they're expecting to make an immediate impact. I think, you know, 10 wins should be the floor in my opinion. You know, what arguments about to, you know, happen again, and we're going to get right out in front of it right now. We're going to jump in front of the train. Um, Remember last year before the season started, people were trying to get in front of the take that the Dolphins can lose more games than they did in the previous year and still get better. Like when the Dolphins went 5-11 and 11 and got the fifth overall pick to get Tua, and everyone was like, well, you know, we're, we're still probably going to go 5-11, and 11, but we're going to be a much better team. And then we have people who are upset that they went 10-6 and six and, and think Tua's a bust and, and here and yada, yada, yada. I think I, I, I kind of feel like I'm talking to you when I say this a little bit because I think you brought it up once and I don't mean to make it this way. But but weren't you kind of on the bandwagon of the Dolphins could kind of lose more games and, and be better than they were the year before? Yeah, I mean, I wholeheartedly believe that. And I mean, I kind of wasn't sure if you were, you know, adding me, so to speak. But <laughs> You've been I, officially added. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do kind of think that that's the same. I think this year in particular, you know, we might see, you know, if they go out there and they win nine games or even eight games, I mean, you're going to sit here and argue that this team isn't better because, you know, some of these rookies can go out there and even just making a little bit of progression, you know, just going out there and seeing two improve from last year to this year. If they only win nine games, I mean, that to me is still, you know, you still see the improvement. You still see the good in that. And that to me is not a wasted season. So I, I am on that hill, but I think this year, you know, again, with the moves they made with how they overachieved last season, I'm feeling a little bit differently. And, you know, I'm tired of this. 
waiting being the Miami Dolphins. You know, this is year three of a rebuild. We talked about before, Jake, you know, before the free agency, before the draft, you know, it's time to get off the pot. You know, it's time, yep. shit or get off the pot, man. And it's time for the Dolphins to go out there and to make the playoffs, you know. So if they go 10-7 and seven to make the playoffs, great, you know. But I'm sure some fans will still be upset, you know, if they get bounced in the wild card round. And, you know, oh, they only won 10 games. It was the exact same wins as last year. This is a worse team. Brian Flores should be fine. All right, Matt Canada, I hear yeah. that tone. Was that? That was not <laughs> – I did not say quarterback. I would never make fun of Matthew. I would never use that voice for Matthew Kanata, but those, there are some people out there that do sound like that. Uh, yeah, no, that's a total joke. I, I always got to throw a jab at him whenever it's possible. Josh, what, what's a win total you'd say you'd be disappointed in? Would it be eight, seven, where, where you really think this team's underachieving and, and they'd have to take a long look in the mirror going into um, the 2022 season? I was going to say eight, eight, and one. <laughs> is that, is oh. that yeah, I was going to say eight, what, but, that? but I mean, I was going to, yeah, that just sounds, I mean, seven, nine, I'm, I'm getting out, I'm spiraling out. Of I, for me, I think if they, honestly, if they go eight, nine, I mean, I think that to me, if you only win eight games, I mean, any other year that you're eight and eight at that point. So, I mean, again, I hate to sit here and say they have to reach this number of wins, just like I hate to sit here and say, you know, two has to throw for this many yards, this many touchdowns, because that's not how it is. But I do think, you know, if they get eight wins and they look like crap, you know, if we see a team that on the field looks worse than they did a season ago, then you start to get concerned. And, and that to me is as gross as it can get. It's weird though, because all signs are kind of pointing that that won't be the case. You know, Josh, I, I've said this for so long that I've been trying to look for different ways to say that Brian Flores is a better coach than Adam Gase and Tony uh, Sperano. And, and that, you know, right now people are probably young at the radio. But by that, I really meant is both of those coaches made the playoffs in their first year and, and really, you know, fell apart after that, right? Uh, so when I looked at Flores that first year, 5-11, and 11, you're like, okay, what can we see out of this guy where we think he is the coach of the future? Well, we've had that progress, right? We, we've seen the growth from 5-11 to 11 to 10-6. and six. We're starting to see a little bit of sustainability in terms of these different uh, units on the roster that are continuously playing well. Adam Gase, 2017, we just talked about all the games they lost in prime time. Uh, the Dolphins in, what, 2009? I, what they go? Probably 6-10, and 10, I want to say. They were right back in the hunt there. So I think what we're seeing with Flores is that growth, is that development, and where I'm really feeling confident that they're going to build on that 10 wins and, and it's above expectations. This really isn't what you should expect from your team. I'm going to go ahead and say, I think they win more than 10 games this year. I just don't see how the way Flores runs this team, the way they drafted, the way they kind of adjust pieces on the roster, but don't go completely overboard with their complete makeover. I kind of have that feeling that, you know, I think 11 and six could be possible. And the one thing that's really holding me back and saying, you know, we're going to sit here and laugh at this is the fact, Josh, that I think the AFC East is, is what? One of the top two hardest divisions of the, in the NFL right now? It, it is, for sure. And, I mean, it maybe uh, maybe I'm a little bit to blame. I mean, I kind of said a lot of bad things about Josh Allen. You see how that turned out. And Mac Jones I talked bad about. And we know how that's going to come back and bite me in the ass. But, Jake, I'm looking at their oh, their records over the last 10 years. The Dolphins have only finished above 500 twice. You know, they, they got... Yeah, they got eight and eight, you know, seven and nine. You mentioned the six and tens. I mean, uh, that's all well and good, but it's well, it's not well and good. That's all terrible, but it's time. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we need to see more, and I like your prediction. I do think, you know, if I was speaking with my heart, I guess, I would definitely say they're going to win more than 10 games, but I'm trying to, you know, take a step back and just look at this and not get my expectations too high, but we continue to talk about how they're building the right thing here. And again, to your point, you mentioned Tony Sperano, you mentioned Adam Gase. It does feel much different with Brian Flores, and, and this year is the year to go out there and prove that. 
And like before, you know, uh, I've had people in my mentions for years saying, you know, Brian Flores is it's different. And I'd say, how, why? Like, like, show me proof. And they just kind of go about, you know, it just is. He's more professional, whatever it may be. But but we're starting to see the actual data, this actual trajectory of a team that's just getting stronger and stronger. And that's what really I think is gonna spark all the excitement tomorrow. Is just the fact that the Dolphins went on a streak where they won nine of eleven games last year, Josh. And, and just to kind of put that uh, in your head and think that the Dolphins are capable of doing that this year, that you could wake up for roughly three months, you could wake up every Monday and be happy. Like, as a Dolphins fan, you just rattled up off those um, records. Josh, even if you go back farther, I think in the last 40 years, something crazy like the Dolphins have been in the hunt. You know, I remember Armando writing an article about how at one point they were like 81 and 81 and one or something crazy like that, where the Dolphins have always floated around that middle ground and haven't pushed by it. Until last year, I really started to feel that, you know, this was a team... That was going to kind of keep sitting there. So, so Josh, I think it's going to be a little harder because of the AFC East being a tough decision. Division, it's a decision division where I think the Jets have gotten better. I don't think they're scary, but they're definitely better where you can't just kind of check off two straight wins and, and call it a day. Thanks, Adam Gase. Uh, the Patriots obviously got better, and the Bills, people are putting them uh, in contention for the Super Bowl. So, I mean, th- those divisional games are going to be absolute crazy, and it wouldn't surprise me, Josh, if you have three teams here pushing for that final playoff spot or, or something like that. Uh, or we could look at back at this, and the Dolphins are a complete mess, and we laugh about it. I certainly hope it's not that last part. You know, just to wrap this up, I, I have their storied history here. There are a total of 457 wins, 371 losses, and four ties. They are 20 and 21 in postseason play. So that's the Miami Dolphins, you know, overall history. And uh, let's just hope they continue to add wins there, Jake. Because like you said, you know, this team appears to be better. And Jake, I think the one thing you continue to say about the difference between Brian Flores, Adam Gase, and Tony Sperano, and just some of those other coaches that came before is you're starting to see the progression from these players. You're starting to see these guys develop. And, you know, some of these young guys that Brian Flores just got his hands on in year one. You saw them take that leap in year two. That, to me, is why I wrote an article in the Finside earlier today about Jalen Phillips. And, you know, there are some people there a little bit up in arms about that pick. But to me, that is why I'm so excited about that, because Brian mm-hmm. Flores is going to have his hands on this player, a guy that's raw, a guy who, you know, those last four games of the year were some of his best and that's just what this entire team is you know right now I think uh, I forget who tweeted out but we have some of the youngest roster in the NFL right now one of those youngest teams and I mean you just see them continue to bring in these valuable assets and just do things the right way build through the draft and I I hope like you said we're not sitting here with egg on our face and we're we're sitting here talking every Monday with big ass smiles on our face happy to be Dolphin fans because that's what we deserve. Josh, would you rather, if if you had a first-round pick and you were a general manager, would you rather have a um, player who was a guaranteed starter for six years, or would you rather have a guy that is absolute boomer bust potential? You'll know uh, after year one that this guy's an absolute stud or an absolute disaster. If you had to pick between one of those two um, players, uh, which one would you pick? That's a good question, but I think you're talking about the the boomer bust with Jalen Phillips. I, I was gonna say the six year start. I was gonna go the safe route, but I mean, uh, you weenie. I, yeah, I, I mean, if I'm a GM, I'm, 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 you know, your career is on the line. But if you want to scare money, you don't make money. So I think the Dolphins did the right thing. And to your point, I mean, I think he's he has the boom and the bust is literally a six year starter. You know, I think people are a little confused with what type of player they got. I think as long as the medicals check out, he'll be that guy. 
Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I think the Dolphins are starting to develop in terms of a philosophy where you're playing it safe in free agency, right? You're going to get guys who you know can come in, play their role, do their job, and call it a day. Meanwhile, you know, you have the draft to go after someone like Tua, to go after someone like Phillips. Uh, Raekwon Davis, another one, you know, there were issues or questions about his motor, his love for football coming out. I think that's where... I, the Dolphins have gone wrong for so long. It's the chasing, you know, the Mike Wallace's, the Brandon Elberts of the world. And then, you know, there's injuries. They don't work as well with your team. This way, it's a little, I wouldn't say safer because it's definitely not safer. But the opportunity to really develop those stars uh, is certainly there. And it doesn't cost as much in terms of the cap space on top of draft picks. So I think that's really why you take those boomer bust guys in the draft. Because I think the Dolphins, if St. Phillips plays one game this year is the defensive end position any worse than it was last year no i mean i don't think so Shaq lawson i mean i hate that he left but i think again you have some internal pieces there so i would say that you're really not missing out on anything yeah, and you that's got the vince beagles and, and guys yeah. who can kind of keep give you that safety blanket and, and it's just that roster development right that we just haven't seen in so long where you you gotta roll the dice in the draft you because you can't in free agency yeah, and you ha- you also have the ability to roll those dice because you are acquiring all those additional draft picks. So, you know, it is a whole <laughs> different philosophy here, and we're just not used to it because you mentioned the Mike Wallace's. You mentioned chasing after, you know, Danelle Ellerby, and the, the list goes on and on. You know, this team is doing things differently. They're acquiring all the draft capital, and they're trusting in this coaching staff and this regime to get the most out of these players. So different times, man, different times. You got that right. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here. I hope you this was a nice little primer, a little bit of Dolphins talk before the draft because we know everyone's going to be talking post-draft. Uh, but but I think the key here isn't really the fact that the Dolphins are playing the Bills in Week 13. It's just kind of to think about the roster or the, the schedule as a whole to kind of put it into perspective in terms of what the Dolphins are trying to accomplish. So thank you guys for joining that. I hope we gave you guys a little something, something to listen to. And I hope we got more content for you guys coming soon. Keep your eye out for that uh, Jalen Waddle story coming soon josh he posted the story he probably tweeted at it tweeted about it a bunch you can follow him on twitter at h-o-u-t-z also known as well outs i am at jmendel94 and if you guys are enjoying the show if you guys are having fun here with us smash that subscribe button to know exactly when we are gonna have another show right on the air josh does such a wonderful job with the turnaround time of getting these shows live uh, for you guys to listen to and you know If you enjoy us so much, why not leave a review? That stuff helps us out so much. It it gives us a little pep in our step. And on top of that, it helps other people find the show. It helps us grow our community, and that's really what this is all about, talking dolphins, growing this community. Uh, Josh, one final thing here before I completely run out of breath. We did get one review uh, recently that was telling us to really pick a lane or, or stay off the road in the sense of you and I are saying, you know, let Tua cook, where on the same feed this feed that Finsider Radio comes on, uh, the SB Nation NFL show, uh, they post their little shows. I'm sure you've seen them if you subscribe to our show. They, they're kind of uh, sprinkled in throughout, and it's very obvious when it's their show compared to ours. So th- this review basically said that uh, the SB Nation show was talking about how Flores is uh, – playing Tua with one foot out the door. They're not Tua guys, whatever it may be. And Josh and I are. And this review was kind of complaining that, you know, how can they have one opinion and we have our own? And I didn't think this was something we had to clarify, but I guess we should. It's a lot like the Finsider uh, website. We all have our different opinions. That's what makes it such an entertaining website. It's not one huge echo chamber. And 
just because we have one opinion doesn't mean others can't have their opinion. So I guess that's really what I wanted to clarify. Like I said, it's very obvious whose show is whose. If you don't like the SB Nation show, I don't think it should really hurt how you feel about us overall. But but I think that's kind of my uh, rant here for you, Josh. Yeah, I can't believe anybody would listen to a podcast that I'm on and think that we dislike Tua. I mean, that's just crazy, <laughs> right? But, um, I mean, we got to give a shout-out. Those guys do do good work, and we do do crossovers with them from time to yeah. time. But, um, like you said, their opinion is very different than ours, and we have a little bit of aqua and orange, you know, hue, color glasses on when we make <laughs> our dolphin takes. So, please, though, if you're enjoying this podcast, like Jake said, subscribe, leave us a review. Jake, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say before we get going, but today we will find out who the Dolphins are. And you mentioned us having a different take and doing this podcast to get ahead of the curve. You and I both know we're going to come back on here. We're going to we're going to talk about the primetime yeah. games and all these other rivalries and this three-game stretch in December. All I know is, Josh, the Dolphins are going to go 16-0 and once they see that schedule. 17-0. And games are going to get canceled just because they were so good they just canceled the last one. I love it. <laughs> With that, thank you guys for listening. And most importantly, fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins.